This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Roundball Stew. I am Matt Straup. This is your Friday, May 7th episode, and today we're going to look at a handful of late-season sensations, phenoms, who are not only must-play options right now in fantasy, but also potentially changing our perceptions of what to expect from them next year. We'll also look at a young big man in D.C. who simply has to get more chances, or I personally am going to lose it. All of that and much more coming up in just a second. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. As I now welcome in Ryan Knaus, Steve Alexander, Steve very on brand wearing the Manchester Orchestra t-shirt, Steve. Well done. Yes, thank you, Matt. I noticed um, the last couple times we've we've gathered like this that you've mm-hmm. you've been using the term mash for pushing buttons did i say do it you today? Also, do you also say uh that you're gonna grab a buggy when you go to the grocery store or do you get a cart oh i definitely get a cart for sure okay but you mash yeah. buttons i mean it's just fun to say mash a button i just think I that's mean, a most fun people way. most people in my experience living in georgia when they if they mash buttons they also push a push a buggy wow at this at the store I, it's nice to know there's people out there that that um, do one or the other. I do. I do. I mash but I mash buttons and I get carts. Ryan, what do you okay. do? Do you get carts and mash buggies? What What do you do? I get. <laughs> yeah, I mash buggies. Yep. Okay. Nice. Well, let's get into some of these uh, a handful of players we want to talk about, guys. And first of all, I got to say one of my favorite things I've seen recently during an NBA game was a graphic on TV during a random game I was watching on Wednesday that just along the crawl on the bottom said, Minnesota is eliminated from playoffs. I was just so happy. Just <laughs> I like, hope it was, their, was it their own home broadcast? Just letting, no, letting everyone know. I want to say it was the Wizards game, but I'm not positive, but it was fantastic. And I just want to say thank you for that graphic. And I mention it because I want to bring up Anthony Edwards, who 
unleashed a rather spectacular stat line on Wednesday night. We're talking about 42 points, six rebounds, seven dimes, one steal, one block, eight three-pointers. And according to my math guys, since Chris Finch took over as head coach, Edwards is sitting around 23 points, five and a half boards, three dimes, a steal and a half, nearly three three three-pointers per game, shooting 43 from the field, 76 from the line. So my long-winded question is, I know I was extremely worried about Edwards' percentages coming to this season, just him being an absolute percentage destroyer. Uh, He's showing that may not be nearly as much of a concern as we thought. So, Steve, we'll start with you. How much is Edwards changing your uh, expectations of him now and moving forward? Well, first of all, if you ask most Americans who Chris Finch is, I think they'd guess that uh, it was Finch's the Finch's character in American Pie that hooked up with Stifler's mom. Uh, I did not realize that that was Minnesota's head coach's name. Also, um, well, also there's uh, <laughs> in the British office, if you ever watch that, Chris Finch is the sales rep. If you, for Americans, he was the British Todd Packer, if you're, uh, if you're into that sort oh, of thing. Oh, right. We are playing a game of who is more famous than Minnesota's head coach. We've, <laughs> we've come up with two Finches uh, quickly and easily that win. Um, as far as Edwards goes, man, uh, I think he's going to make a late run to try to try to win rookie of the year. Uh, I was pretty worried about his field goal shooting when he came in. I was worried about his turnovers, probably because I listened to a lot of people tell me that it was going to be terrible. Um, you know, we don't get to watch a ton of college basketball, even though he went to Georgia. I mean, I was certainly familiar who, with who he was and how he um, was such an effective offensive player. But those concerns to me, I mean, two years from now, this kid is probably going to be the best scoring player in the league. That's a bold bet, but I mean, I'm not sure I would go against it. We're, we're seeing someone, you know, to your point, Matt, I too was very worried about percentages, turnovers, Steve, for sure. Uh, but to see him, you know, his maturation just through the course of one season, his field goal percentage starting out 35% in January, mm-hmm. 37% in February, then it went up to 42, 43.7 and that's coming with super high volume three pointers. So that's you expect a little bit of a hit in percentages when a guy is taking 8.23 per game since the All Star break, which is top 15 in the NBA. So you add in all those three pointers. And then to me, what's eye opening is just he looks so much more confident, so much more poised. And early in the season, you saw a lot of just like kind of drive into traffic and see what happens type plays where it was just all raw athleticism, not a lot of finesse. Uh, For sure, you mean, give coach Chris Finch credit, obviously, Edwards for adapting to the game. Um, But man, he looks, yeah, he looks worlds different. And you throw in a steal and a half per game. And I think that's critical because that allows him, all right, on an off shooting night, he's still getting boards, still getting some dimes, still those steals and threes. So he's the total package. I mean, he's not going to come cheap next year in fantasy drafts. Yeah, one of these days, one of these weeks, I will put together a in my round balls to column a players I will fight you for in drafts next season. And I, I think Edwards is absolutely making the cut. I think it's going to be not easy to get him in fantasy leagues and justifiably so next season. All right. Meanwhile, guys, I was watching the Wizards Bucks game on Wednesday night. And if you're watching with me, not literally, but you know what I mean? One guy you absolutely could not help but notice was Daniel Gafford. He was everywhere. So I, I watching this game in the fourth quarter, Gafford is just dominating, basically. I checked on his stats, and he had 12 points, 9 rebounds, and a block in literally 10 minutes of court time. I was I, I only tuned into this game late, so I was really befuddled what was going on. He ended up with 12 and 10 in 14 minutes. And my point is, it's becoming ridiculous that this guy cannot get more playing time per 36 minutes with the Wizards. 
rounding the stats off. 22 points, 12 rebounds, one and a half steals, four blocks. I mean, Scott Brooks is holding back a real life and I believe fantasy stud here. And Ryan, I've had enough. Well, fortunately for you, I know, I know you like it when I bring interesting quotes to you. Oh, so yes, I will, please. I, I, I will say that after last night's game, Wizards coach Scott Brooks was asked if Daniel Gafford's play has not merited more minutes. And his fantastic quote was, yeah. <laughs> that was the whole quote. He, he knows. You, he knows. And, and I believe that a couple weeks ago, he even said Gafford should be playing more minutes, but he's been on a minute limit. It's kind of opaque. Uh, theoretically, they don't want him tweaking his ankle injury, but that was weeks ago and he looks fine. So I, yeah. I don't know what the truth is there. The Wizards have a plus five net rating when he's on the court with starter Alex Lennon's negative three. The Wizards are 13 and three since they acquired Gafford. Like everything points in the direction of this guy should be starting and playing a lot of minutes. Why that hasn't happened, I'm not sure. Well, Matt, you know, as they like to say in some places, it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> Gafford... Gaffer got 14 minutes on Wednesday. He got 15 minutes on Monday. Now, if there's a minutes cap on Gafford, I'm not sure how he snuck in for 25 minutes on Saturday. Interesting. Uh, it, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, Ryan brought up the the deep stats, the numbers of, of why Gafford should be playing. He passes the eye test, Matt. Like you said, he tuned in. You're watching the TV. The guy can jump higher than anybody out there. He's a great rebounder. He can block shots. He's always passed the eye test, even when he played for Chicago, but he's never he's never gotten a full opportunity. I kind of feel like at some point, somewhere and sometime, sort of like when Paul Millsap broke out. Paul Millsap sat behind people for years and then finally was allowed to play and, and went crazy. And if Gafford ever gets a chance, I think it's going to happen with him. But why the Wizards are talking about saving him with six or seven games left in this the regular season it, it just makes no sense yeah we've all watched a lot of alex len and nothing against him as a player but it, it's a di- gafford gafford's in a different galaxy in terms of upside than alex len uh meanwhile no such frustration in the orlando front court where mo bamba went nuts for 19 points 15 rebounds three steals four blocks and a triple on wednesday over his last 10 he's sitting around 12 points per game nine and a half boards two blocks one three-pointer steve as I ask you about your impressions of Bamba, I defy you to not mention Richie Valens or Richie Havens here. Well, I, I still am confused <laughs> as to who is who. But Mo Bamba, man, we've been talking about him for a long time now. And, you know, if you grabbed him, if you rolled with him, he's absolutely crushing. He's he's more talented than Wendell Carter Jr. He's going to be a better player than Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, I think next year is it's Mo Bamba time, right? It's time for him to start and, and do it all. The guy can hit threes, he can block shots, he can rebound, he can score, and he just looks fantastic right now. Him and and your guy Matt R.J. Hampton both like those two magic players uh, are adding some magic to fantasy championship run rosters right now. Yeah, it's. When the Magic traded Nikola Vucevic, I kind of mentioned Mobamba on one pot. And Matt, I believe you said that you weren't going to buy in until he showed you something. Yeah, good call. So <laughs> I, I assume I assume that this is an, has been enough. I, I think that this late season run is probably going to push his draft valuation to what, middle rounds? Like you're not going to get him at around 100 next year. Right. Uh, when he's putting up the, this type of numbers, the only thing would be concerns about his health. Uh, can he stay healthy? 
And that, I think that might be overblown. It's just been a couple kind of fluky things. Hasn't been able to stay on the court. Uh, conditioning issues after COVID kind of ruined his early season this mm-hmm. year. But I love where he's at. Steve's totally right. He's better than Wendell Carter Jr. So I, that doesn't concern me at all. And, you know, you, or, uh, Ryan, you bring up injury issues. Like, are we to the point where that needs to just – we need to either – completely focus and hone in on that or just ignore it completely because everybody is an injury risk now. And it, it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter who the player is. Carl Anthony Towns used to never like he yeah. was lock stock and barrel for, for 80 games every year. And now, I mean, nobody can trust him. We can't trust LeBron. We can't trust. I don't feel like we can trust anyone. That's a great point, Steve. And the flip side of that, which which I think is part of what you were saying, is that even guys who tend to get hurt now with uh, training staffs, I mean, you look at KD coming back from multiple major surgeries, he looks fantastic, <laughs> like nothing like nothing happened. You've got... Westbrook. Yeah, just, yeah, Westbrook, multiple knee surgeries for sure. How many has he had at this point? Like five? And, and he's playing out of his mind, playing in back-to-backs with triple-doubles. So uh, that's a great question. And And... Uh, to bring it back to Bamba, I'm I'm not in the camp of worried about him injury wise next year. Yeah, you you actually I, yeah I don't want to hover on that too long, but I think you do make a really good point, Steve, because I in my fantasy leagues, you know, I, I went out of my way to draft you know Fred Van Vliet everywhere I could. Like he's been so durable and reliable, and like you know when you needed him the most, not his fault, but I mean he's been out. And I had it. I had one of my favorite in one of my favorite leagues. My roster was covered in more red ink than you could ever imagine, and I felt like I was avoiding the high injury risk guys. So yeah, maybe you just throw it out the window and take the the guys with the highest upside and just say, you know what, everyone's going to have injuries, and hopefully mine won't be during the fantasy playoffs. Well, and I, I don't think you were alone. I think all of us that played fantasy basketball this year had more red flags no, on our. It was only me. It was only me. I had on our rosters <laughs> than we than we thought possible, and you know. You know, I wrapped a lot of stock up in Christian Wood and and John Morant. They both they both mm-hmm. went down with injuries. They were gone for a month at least at a time. And it, it, there's nothing you can do. So, yeah, and everybody's going to load manage too. Like the load management is a thing. It's not going anywhere. So I I'm tending to think that I'm going to be leaning away from from focusing on injuries next year. Everyone's going to load manage except for Kawhi Leonard, who's over it now. He doesn't do it anymore. Right. Because <laughs> his, his teammates got mad at him. He's like, load management's kind of over. That's real 2016, guys. Okay, also, <laughs> before we leave Orlando, I think we got to mention Mo Wagner. Heavy minutes recently for the Magic for him. Last three games, 18 points per game, four boards, a block per game, 2.73s, and that's in 34 minutes a game over those last three by the way, this is another guy who would occasionally go off for the Wizards and Scott Brooks refused to give him heavy minutes, just as a Scott Brooks aside. But uh, Ryan, do you have any impressions on what we've seen from Mo Wagner recently? Just that I'm not buying too much long term here, but I think the Wizards are in a situation where they might as well air him out. Uh, he's he's giving them good minutes. Sorry, Wizards. Uh, magic. The, the, the Magic, no, of it's course. A spinner. It's a head yeah. spinner. He kind of snuck his way onto the Magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's, he's giving them good minutes. They're, they're going to air him out, right? A team with no playoff aspirations. They might as well see what he can bring them. Uh, if he can hit some threes, he's going to block a couple shots. So I think rest of season, if you're still playing and you, and you need a productive big to plug into your lineup who's center eligible, for sure, give him a look. Uh, am I interested long term? Is this like changing my perspective on him? No. The weird thing about him is he's got 
five block shots in his last four games, but he's also just gone stretches, long stretches without blocking shots. So I never know if he's going to block a shot or not. I, he's kind of a three-point specialist that's scoring points right now. Doesn't re- really rebound. Doesn't really steal. I I don't know, man. <laughs> it is, it is, it is, it is, it is it what is. it is. It is what it is. <laughs> Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Want to just remind you, you can get access to our League Sync tool, our DFS tools, and our betting tools by going to edge-plus.nbcsports.com. Enter the promo code STU10 for 10% off a subscription. Uh, just a couple more names for me, guys, and I think you have one or two you want to bring into the mix, but I'll go now to Isaac Okoro. We saw an explosive stat line from him on Tuesday. 32 points, six dimes, three threes, nine of nine from the free throw line in 47 minutes. He followed that up on Wednesday night, one one day later, seven points on two of nine shooting. We kind of forgive that back-to-back, rookie, etc. But overall, his last six games, he's sitting around 16 points, four boards, a couple dimes, a steal on a three per game. A kind of a serviceable floor for Okoro right now. Steve, you are a well-known uh, Okoro enthusiast. Are you seeing things from him that make you that much more intrigued to draft him heading into next year? Well, I'm glad you came to me instead of Ryan, because if you went to Ryan, I was going to pull an office space like, hey, hey, hey Bob, I'll, I'll handle this. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but Okoro had a, a streak of, of six double-digit scoring games in a row broken on Wednesday night. And a big reason that it happened was the same reason that the Phoenix Suns got blown out by Atlanta is the Suns and the Cavaliers had a whopper of an overtime game on Tuesday night. And everybody that played in that game was so tired yesterday that they couldn't do anything, including Okoro, who played 47 minutes, needed an IV after the game and was having cramping in his calf. So to me, the 32 point breakout on Tuesday was who Ikakoro is. I really feel like he, he looked like the best player on the court that night. It's going to be up and down the rest of the season, but there was, he gained a lot of confidence and, you know, I think he's going to bounce back in this next game on Friday. And I stand behind picking him up and, and rolling with him for the rest of the season. And I think he's going to be probably an undervalued player next year. I'm still a little bit leery. Like, undervalued, like, where, Steve? Where do, so if you saw him on the draft board, where would you be excited to get him? Mm. Second round. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think he's, I think he's like, 
an eighth round player, eighth round okay. draft pick. Okay. Yeah. So but I, I think you can get him in the eighth, but I would not be surprised if he breaks out next year and, and is like a fourth or fifth round guy. Yeah. I see that that's tough. Cause I wouldn't bet against it. I, I think we've seen flashes of, of that player of who he can be. I'm just a little bit leery of the percentages. Still the fact that he's hovering around 30% from deep, that's a tough, you know, he's going to need to get up to 35% to have defenses respect him at the arc. Uh, otherwise, just going to keep bombing away and hurting his own percentages. Uh, th- under three rebounds, I think, or right around three rebounds in 32 minutes a game this season. Under two assists. You know, can can he grow? And we've seen flashes of it, of course. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't think I would take him earlier than probably seventh, eighth round, like you said. I mean, I think his ceiling is probably Mikel Bridges or something thereabouts. what we've seen from... Huge, no, but I'm saying yeah. I don't even know, I don't know if he could reach that next year. Right. But I think that's, you know, that kind of top 60 ish ceiling. But is he a year away from that? I think is a fair question to ask. Yeah, but maybe. I like him. I do like him. I mean, it's super impressive what he's done, you know, all things considered. So there was some some commentator, I forget which broadcast, but mentioned that a lot of teams are drafting guys who are defense first, just lockdown, versatile defenders who can switch everything and then trusting their training staffs to mm-hmm. instill confidence offensively, get them better from range, that sort of thing. And I think that's the process that's underway with Okoro. Well, and also, I mean, he was that was his his reputation coming out of Auburn was that, you know, he he could do everything except shoot hit threes consistently. So mm-hmm. the fact that we see games like that already where he had 32 points, 9 of 9 from the free throw line, three three-pointers, that is massively encouraging, I think, for his long-term potential. I mean, Cleveland has to be absolutely thrilled and and I do get why Steve is that excited about him. Well, and it also comes down to Darius Garland's not playing right now, and that that's a big part of this, of course, getting the opportunity to do this. It's funny. I was just looking at Okora's uh, splits because I wanted to see what he had done pre-All-Star and post-All-Star. But I had uh, Mo Wagner's splits pulled up instead. <laughs> and I was like, wait, how does he? How was he averaging fewer <laughs> points now than he was before the All-Star break? Like, this, this thing is broken. Something's wrong with, with my machine. But the numbers aren't crazy different. But he has shown a lot of improvement this season. I think if you look at the player... Akora was in December compared to now. I I, I see two different players, so I, I'm encouraged by next by what's coming next year. All right, spinning things forward, we you know we've talked a bunch about injuries, and we talked about Christian Wood already. I wanted to quickly just kind of look ahead to the immediate near near future for this Houston Rockets team. They only had seven guys take the court on Wednesday night. Kevin Porter Jr., Christian Wood, Jay Sean Tate were all sidelined. I think it's reasonable to expect they're all sidelined Friday night again, most likely. Ryan, what kind of mayhem are we going to see in the Rockets rotation <laughs> on Friday night as we're talking streaming potential and DFS potential? And Steve has a hand gesture going. Well, I don't Porter, know. Are Porter, you played, in? Porter played last night. He just got hurt. During no, but he, he left early. He left early. Yeah. 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 Did I say he didn't play? I thought you did. What did I say? Oh, oh, you're right. Yeah, he played and left early. Yeah, fair point. Yeah. Carry on. So are they going to have, I think, seven active players, something like that? Well, DJ Augustine was active yesterday, but he was not going to play. Yeah, they need eight active. So they only had seven, and then they lost one in KPJ. So that's six. I don't know what's going to happen now. It's going to be crazy, but either, like, I guess Anthony Lamb is in play. He played a ton of minutes the other night. He's going to be a potential streaming DFS type guy. Obviously, KJ Martin, KJ Martin Jr. and Kelly Olynyk combined to destroy me in a fantasy playoffs matchup the oh. other night. Like, combined their stat. I was like, are you kidding me right now? Uh, tough, tough break there for my, for my squad. But 
Uh, I love both of them. I mean, obviously, Olenek we knew, but K.J. Martin Jr. had that stretch earlier this season where he was blocking shots. The defensive stats, especially on a nightly basis, were fantasy gold. That was kind of short-lived, and he had since wallowed on the waiver wire for a while. But, man, he's back, and go get him. I, I don't know what his roster rate is currently uh, in, in Yahoo leagues, but... Tell Whatever it is, yes, if someone could find that. 15%, I got it. Wow. So that needs Man. to be higher. Yeah. I don't know if you mentioned his stat line, Ryan. 23 points, 10 boards, 6 dimes, 2 blocks, 2 threes in 44 minutes. Yeah, that'll do it. I love him. That's another guy. Maybe that's a different column is uh, people we desperately want to see get a chance next season. Like I would love to see KJ Martin a full season of getting 30 minutes per game. He'd be a very fun fantasy player. You've already given yourself two column assignments so far, so far on this podcast, man. <laughs> it's going to be a busy summer. I got to go right, guys. Yeah. Can you guys finish the podcast? I got to go yeah, right. Yeah, start typing. <laughs> so I think we're, we're at a situation, if you look at the Houston Rockets depth chart and the, the number of red crosses and outs, it looks like Matt Straub's <laughs> fantasy team. Uh, maybe even worse. And we're down to the point where it's pick a rocket, any rocket that can walk, not named Avery Bradley or uh, Daquan Jeffries. Those are the two rockets you don't want to pick up. Avery Bradley, Daquan. Anybody else <laughs> who is active on the roster on any given night, you want on your team. And that includes Kelly Olenek, Armani Brooks, with KPJ possibly hurt. Brooks is going to start at point guard. Probably go off. K.J. Martin, like we just talked about, baller. Kelly Olenek, maybe having the most underrated fantasy season ever. Like, what a story he's been. And then the only people left are Monty Brooks. and Or no, Anthony Lamb's the only other guy that's not hurt. Dan Wilhouse might be coming back. But uh, Anthony Lamb had a great line last night. Again, man, at this point, you just have to hope the Rockets have enough healthy bodies to, to not forfeit games. Kelly Olenek, probably the MVP of the league. I'd, I'd take it one step further, Steve, than, than what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> most improved. So, Has anyone ever won yeah. most improved and MVP? I think it's Olenek's year. <laughs> so in the few minutes we have left, I think you guys had each mentioned uh, a name or two you wanted to bring to the table. So Ryan, why don't you start us off here? Uh, anyone else you want to talk about before we depart? Yeah, I was well, I just mentioned one guy who I think I know where Steve stands on him, but I'm curious, Matt, if you have a differing opinion uh, on Marvin Bagley, who I've always kind of shied away from just because he seems like a hollow, like if there is such a thing as a hollow 20 and 10, that's what Bagley's going to give mm-hmm. you. Uh, and we saw maybe the epitome of that the other night when he had stat, or uh, Steve, do you know what, what the stats were? There's like 30, 32 31. points. 31, one short of his career high because he only hit two of five free throws. Um, And then he had like 12 rebounds and then nothing else. Right. (laughs) You know, I really was encouraged a bit, encouraged by Bagley at the start of his career as a rookie. And he did some interesting things as as like I think a 19-year-old rookie. So, But now it feels like he's kind of going sideways if not slightly in the wrong direction like you said i mean we're just not seeing enough in other categories i mean for the season half a block half a steal per game and bad free throw shooting 58 percent. that in right there pretty much does it i mean i i'm basically out at that point you know and he's a guy who does have the intriguing skill set you can see him show signs like when he's engaged like kind of take over a game i was watching king's game the other night and bagley was just like dominating for a stretch i was like man the, the kings probably feel like they have the guy this is the guy they drafted they're like where's this guy been 
But right. in fantasy, ah, there's too many holes in the stat line right now, I think. And you don't want to write a guy off for good, but I am I am concerned and I am staying away. Well, I was going to say, it's funny that you mentioned that you, you think you know where I stand on Bagley. I don't think most people do because I draft him every year. Um, I took him in the, <laughs> in the Road World Draft League, um, the Draft Show League, you know, when we two years ago, and he got hurt right away, missed almost the entire season, ruined. And I took him in like the fifth round or something ridiculous. I, I thought you would have been chastised enough to to not draft him. I th- did you take him well, again this year? I didn't. Well, this that. year I was getting him in around ten or eleven. You know, I was uh, like, oh okay. yeah, Bagley, I feel good getting right. in this late. <laughs> but that line last night is the perfect example of why he, I'm probably never going to draft Marvin Bagley again ever. Twelve field goals in the first half, right? Tied his career high or set his career high in field goals made in a game in the first half of a silly season means nothing game against the Pacers meant something to the Pacers uh means nothing to anybody and Harrison Barnes was out uh the Kings are as banged up as any team in the league like how could Marvin Bagley not succeed for the in that situation 31 points 12 boards like I said he missed his career high in points perfect opportunity but he hit five of eight free throws missed three of them like Matt said he shoots 58 percent for line done I'm out yeah there you go. And and Matt, you mentioned his promising rookie season. Since then, I'll just say that his per-minute points, rebounds, steals, and blocks have all declined. And I mean, the guy's had a lot of injuries, too. That could certainly be a factor where, you know, he's just been off the court so much. Yeah. Well, while we're in Sacramento, I know, Steve, you had wanted to quickly mention DeLon Wright just doing some ridiculous things with De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton sidelined. Hey, can we talk real quick about um, some people that were drafted uh, after Marvin Bagley, sure. Oh, in uh, in real. Oh, yeah. I was just gonna. I was trying to steer you to Delon Wright. You don't want to go there. Well, Delon Wright was drafted after him. I'm sure. So we can we can start drafted with him. before him. Before him, but yes, I know what you're saying. Yeah, but Bagley it was Bagley not in the. Um, I I don't have it pulled up. I don't want to. I don't want to. Were you talking about reality or fantasy? Yeah, something yeah. about real life. Like oh, I see. Marvin Bagley's draft. Where did the Kings take him? And who did they pass up to do it? Well, Seems like a topic know. you'd want queued up if you bring it up. <laughs> Good. They, they took him ahead of Luca and Trey Young. <laughs> Bam. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Is that what you were trying to say? Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. Okay. I just didn't do it. I, I just wasn't 100% <laughs> confident enough to do it. So, and I didn't, I clearly didn't look at that beforehand. But yeah, they took Bagley before Luke and Trey went. So I just think that's second the overall. Kings, Kings fan base can't stand to look at the man because all they see, all, all they see is the ghost of Trey and Luke and what could have been. So ridiculous. As for D- D- DeLon Wright, he had four blocks and four steals on what? Tuesday, Wednesday, he had a huge game, good shooting percentages, uh, career high six steals. Like 10 boards, guys just going crazy. Like every year, there's a silly season player that emerges and ends up winning a fantasy championship for teams. And one year for me, it was Jeremy Lin with the Knicks, Lin Sanity. This year, it's DeLon Wright. In the past, maybe Anthony Randolph has has been that guy. But uh, if you saw that Tyrese Halliburton went down and picked up DeLon Wright and put him in your lineup, uh, it was probably the move of the year. 10 steals and five blocks in his last two games as we record this. That's uh, that's useful. Uh, only got about a minute left. Steve, I think the last item on the agenda was you were going to take a victory lap around your office about Facundo Campazzo. Is that is that the last item on the agenda? <laughs> uh, no, I just, I mean, 
hey, I you guys were like, we don't want him. And I was like, I'm taking him over <laughs> your guys. Whether they get hurt or not does not factor well, in this equation for me. <laughs> I don't know that you said whether they get hurt or not. I think no, that's the key component here. I went with Composo over your guys, and I win. Sorry. People who listened <laughs> to me and said, I'm going to roll with Composo because this idiot sitting in Key West wearing sunglasses and drinking beer thinks he's going to be the man. And guess what? Composo is helping people win championships. So whatever. That's right. Steve, you know what? It is what it is. <laughs> 10 steals and two blocks for Composo. A DeLon Wright-esque 10 steals and two blocks in his last two games. I was going to say, he's out, he's out there doing uh, TJ McConnell things. <laughs> Do we need to tell people that uh, <laughs> that we had a... Uh, is what it is sort of side bet going into this or do we just let it let it go well we just did they're gonna be like why are these idiots saying is what it is <laughs> over and over now again. they know and now they know. laughing now every they time yeah it's great great to backfill at the very end we explain why we've been giggling every time someone says it is what it is yeah giggling is a strong strong word we'll have to do the final tally here in a second i'll go i'll go tally that up and send send around the uh, final results well, and the point is, we don't understand. We don't really understand what is what it is means. Like, why do people say that? Yeah, why do we say that? Let us know. That is going to do it for us. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, wherever you listen. Take a second to rate and review us as well. We'll be back on Monday to talk waiver wire pickups. We'll be back on Wednesday and Friday of next week. Thank you to all of you for listening, Ryan, Steve. Thanks, guys. I'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks, Bye. Mike. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. It's hard not to add a side of hot, crispy hash browns to your favorite McDonald's breakfast. It's even harder not to eat said hash browns before you get home. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.